now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Reel Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. We want to welcome you to another Sunday edition of Rod and Real Radio. We appreciate you all tuning in tonight. We think we have a really fun and informative show lined up for you tonight. Let me just tell you who's waiting at the gate. Starting off uh, right after we introduce the co-host, Captain Bobby Taft will be us. He's the owner and operator of the Top Gun 80. He's just back from a two-and-a-half-day trip. He's scheduled to leave again tonight for another two-and-a-half-day trip out there. We're going to get an idea of what the local conditions are like and what's happening up to the minute. And then later on tonight will be uh, Todd Klein. He is two-time FLW co-angler. He is also the winner of the FLW uh, uh, tournament, uh, the Rayovac tournament on the Ohio River. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about Todd's other sideline, and that's his love of surfing. So besides Todd and Captain Bobby, we have a lot of other guests planned for it tonight. But before we get it all going, let me introduce to you the co-host of Ron Real Radio. First, this individual is the voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT. And a pretty darn good fisherman in his own right, Stan Vanderberg. Stan, how you doing? I'm doing well, John. Good evening, everybody. And can't wait to talk to Bobby here, my, yeah. my brother from a different mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, you bet, because I know he's got a lot of things he wants to report on tonight. But before we get to Captain Bobby, let me introduce to you the other co-host of Rod and Real Radio. She is the National Sales Manager for Iserline and many other fine products in the fishing industry, Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how are you tonight, ma'am? I'm doing great. I came home with a few little extra trinkets from the NRA dinner at the Compton Hunting and Fishing Club yesterday, so I'm a pretty happy camper, and I'm looking to hear about all the fishing updates because I'm dying to get out there. Well, I know you are, and Wendy, I know also I'm going to ask you to give us a, a little bit of a rundown on some of the fishing lines to use and some of the connections and everything like that, and we'll get on to that later on in the show. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Oh, great. All right. Hey, let's get on to our first guest. He's owner-operator of Top Gun 80 out of H&M Landing. He is just back from a two-and-a-half-day trip in the fishing grounds. He's leaving for another trip, hopefully tonight. I know he's uh, just eager to tell us what's happening. Captain Bobby Taft. Captain Bobby, welcome to Rod Reel Radio, sir. 
Uh, how you doing, John? Wendy and Stan? Good to hear your voice again. Hey. Good, good to have you on, bud. Yeah, it is, oh. Bobby. I know uh, this is the time of the year that runs you ragged going back and forth, but this is the time of the uh, the year that you, you wait for all season to come. It's here. Tell us what good things are happening out there. And it's a little early. <laughs> yeah, it's been earlier this year. I mean, we started fishing bluefin in March here, and uh, it's uh, there's a lot of fish around it. Uh, it's amazing the amount of bluefin that is around off the beach here locally. And, I mean, it's anywhere from nine miles to uh, 50 miles there. There's a spread of tuna that's unbelievable in uh and quality fish, I mean, the small ones are 50, 60 pounds, and we're catching fish up over 200. So uh, it's a pretty amazing uh, year so far, but uh, we see a lot more fish than what, what wants to bite, you know. There's a lot of bait out there this year. A lot of, as everybody's heard, it's, uh, the red crab is all over out there, along, along with it on the beach and everything that the, uh, the news reports have been uh, – Reporting, there is red crab everywhere and anchovy off the off the coast of California here. Like that we haven't seen in years. Man, Bobby, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, now, now tell me these fish. I was out uh, at the middle of the week up to the uh, the eighty one and fishing the north of the nine mile bank up by the knuckle in that area. We saw great signs of life. I've never seen that many whales. I think we came across. Uh, you know, 10 whales in the matter of, uh, you know, three or four hours. There were porpoises all over the place. There were signs, but there were no fish really up there at the north. But, boy, you get down to the south of the Nine and then the border and then going up and down the border, that seems to be where they are right now and a little further south. Yeah, they seem to be anywhere from the Nine Mile Bank to the 302, the 43, the 60, uh, 371. Like you said, off the knuckle, uh, down off Rosarita Beach there, at, uh, outside the finger bank, uh, there is fish scattered everywhere. And uh, the, the amount of bait that we see, there's 50 square miles of bait. You cannot, <laughs> you cannot almost, you can't hardly use your sonar. There's so much bait. There's every sweep. At so is that big fish just eating the anchovies, Bobby, or are they, they looking at other other? bait fish that's out in the area yes mainly anchovies and red crab i mean it's uh it's unbelievable the amount of anchovy that's off the beach this year it's just uh just amazing and they're having you know the bait boats are having a real hard time uh, uh catching sardine there just isn't any sardine down here whatsoever yeah Hey, Bobby, you know, uh, we made a trip uh, launching out of Dana Landing on Friday, and from the minute we left the launch ramp, there was red crab all over the marina. We went out of the Mission Bay uh, uh, channel, went up to La Jolla. We were metering red crab all, all the way up into La Jolla. Uh, couldn't get anything to bite in La Jolla. Went out about two miles to a rock pile that we like. Red crab still all the way out there. Decided to go out to the 81. We went all the way out there. Red crab metered all the way out there, all the way up and down uh, the north part of the uh, the nine mile. Metered it going all the way back. And when we finally got back in at about four o'clock to Dana Landing, the tide had gone down and the complete launch ramp was carpeted with red crab that uh, were inside the marina. So 
these fish, uh, have they been following the red crab? And do you think that's the reason why we're seeing such big fish? Or is it just the, the cycle right now? I think it's just a cycle. You know, that all the fish eat on this red crab, but they're telling me that uh, the biologists and stuff, there's really no nourishment in the red crab for them. And up to the last, oh, I would say 30 or 45 days here, the anchovy moved in, and that stuff's starting to get bigger now, so they're going to start eating fin bait a little bit more and more, you know, that, it started off where that anchovy was anywhere from a half inch to an inch long. And you would cut one of these fish open and, and check the belly on them, and there'd be, uh, you know, they'd have two or three, four pounds of red crab in them, and then they'd have two or three, four pounds of, uh, of no cement. We call them no cement anchovy. You know, you can't really see them in the water. They're so minute. But two I did notice uh, yesterday that uh, uh, you go up to a meatball and a breaking fish and stuff, that uh, you can see the scales in the water where you could see it was bigger anchovy where it actually had scales and uh, there was some substance to, to the anchovy. So uh, it's starting to grow up, and these fish have started eating the fin bait. Uh, uh, the water's not real clean this year either. It's... Uh, I don't know what you call it, yellowtail water, off-colored water, you know. It's not uh, it's not the purple water that we're used to fishing in where you can see a fish down there 60, 70 foot of water. You, you're lucky to see this fish down, oh, 15, 20 foot, you see color on them, you know. It's not uh, the blue water, but it's warm and the uh, bait's in there. So I think, uh, you know, they're just in there uh, gorging themselves, and uh, it's really tough to get a bite. Um, so, Bobby, yeah. the fish that you guys are catching, um, what are they catching them on? Are they catching them on the live bait, or they they throw in surface irons, or are you getting them deep? Well, how, are you, how are you catching them? A little bit of everything. You go up to a meatball, and you've been throwing the poppers into them, and the flat ball's been working real well. And uh, the fish, we only caught one yesterday, uh, and uh, that was on a sardine. Uh, so you can catch them on sardines. They're starting to eat the sardine a little bit better, uh, but it's basically been on the plugs, on the on the, uh, surface plugs, and on the, on the flat falls. Is basically the way we've been catching them. And but uh, the size of the fish has been the problem. For every fish you hook, you're going to lose uh, 10, 12, 14 fish. It's uh, you know you you start catching those hundred and 120, 140, 160-pound fish, it's uh, pretty hard for the average guy on 40-pound test. He hooks when he's not going to catch it. Right, <laughs> Most yeah, of them aren't ready with the done. right gear. Even if they have 40-pound line, uh, uh, the, the rods and reels are still have to be up to snuff to be able to pull on that big a fish because most people never get a shot at a, a fish over 100 pounds to start with. And right. then when you do hang that 150-pounder, it, it, some of them are just teenagers. That's the worst, man. Those things don't know how to quit a lot of them. So it's a that's exactly it. And you know the rod and reels are we got that we're using today compared to what we used 30 years ago. It's unbelievable. I mean, we have the equipment and the ability to show our people how to use them. We're sponsored by Avid Reels, and uh, we're very fortunate for that. So we have the tackle on the boat and. Uh, 
you know, we can top shot everything with uh, maximum efficient line and, you know, 60-pound tests and stuff like that, which we do. But uh, it's still, it's it's absolutely amazing, the, the power. And the, I mean, the average guy, he gets met by a 100-pound tuna, especially a bluefin. But you can't get to him quick enough to have him calm down to where he doesn't bust it off. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, have I been living in a, in, a, in a void? It seems like this phenomenon started late last year, and then all of a sudden, out of the gate, we're only talking about May and the beginning of June, everyone is talking about topwater poppers, whether it's uh, the Velco or whether it's the, the Shimano Orca or the, the Shimano Topwater or, or whatever it is. Everyone is going crazy to try and, and pick up poppers. Try and find a popper in Southern California, and you're going to be hard-pressed to find one on, on the shelf. It, is this something, a, a secret that's always been known, or is this just something that guys are trying to do different because of the bait situation? Well, you got the bait situation, number one. Number two, you you throw it into a, it's like a feeding frenzy when you go into up to one of these bird schools and foamers and, and stuff. Even though they're eating the minute stuff, if you put something in the middle of it, they're, they're going to, you know, they're gonna fish underneath the stuff you see on top. It's going to come out, oh, there's one laying there. I'm going to get it, you know. And the poppers, Stan and I have been using poppers for, shit, 25 years, you know. It, I mean, it's just. It's nothing new. We have, we've used poppers on yellowfin forever. Yep. And we haven't had an opportunity to do that in the last 15, 20, 30 years, except for last year and this year. And uh, the fishing is just unbelievable compared to what we used to have in the 60s and 70s and 80s. I mean, this stuff is, uh, it bites like yellowfin. When it gets on the bite, and I'm sure it will again this year, as soon as it gets on the fin bait, which uh, is anywhere from san- uh, sardines to uh, five-inch anchovies, or if it's on greenback mackerel or something, then it's you know it's really going to start in. But uh, right now it's on the red crab and no seams, and it's so difficult to get a bite. It's not really. Uh, you don't sit there and have long drifts. This is what I'm trying to say is, and soaking baits 100 yards of the boat. Yes, you will hook some of them. We're hooking fish on the kite now. We're using kites, uh, which is working pretty well. But again, there, even with that, you got to talk about this. If you're if you're kite fishing, and if you've got your own kite rod, you're you've got 100 yards and out or 150 yards out to the kite and then another 50 yards or so down to the water uh, that you've got 200 yards of line out when you get bit. And then those things take off. (laughs) It's going to be another 200 before they quit. Right, right. That's why we usually use our boat rods for that, you know, because we have the the Spectra and the top shot on it and, and capacity to do that. And they do bite the heavier line. So when they do bite the kite, it's it's a lot easier. Your percentage of catching fish is much greater than uh, throwing a popper or something. Because when you use a popper and stuff, the average guy cannot cast a 50-pound outfit. Yep. Uh, I got it on my rod. That's what I use is 50-pound stuff. And I take the little triple hooks off, and I put a, a 10, 12-0 hooks on it. And... Uh, 
the single hooks instead of the triples because they, they, the triples pull out. Yep. And another thing, the average person can't cast a popper 50, 60 yards like you need to do. I mean, it sounds real easy, but when you've got 10, 15 knots of wind on front of you and you're trying to cast it, 90% of the people are going to backlash it or not get it to the fish. You know, I had a guy, I was on the water pre-fishing for a tournament this weekend, Friday. And I, I see one of the guys coming down the other side of the uh, of the bay that I was fishing, and he's got this big rod out, and I see him pull this popper off and make a long cast straight at me because he, he wants to show me that he can cast that far. And he's got that big red popper on it. And I went, well, you're going to go bluefin fishing, aren't you? And he goes, yeah, I just put a blister on my thumb <laughs> trying to stop the spectrum from going out. I go, well, wait till you start casting it over and over again for those things out there. So bring your tape with you, gang. Wendy, you have hey. a question. Hey, Bobby, yeah. what do you think about um, now that uh, um, the rods, the way they are being built now and the gear that's being built, what about the guys bringing on the new spinning um, gear for the poppers? How, you, know, you know, how is Go ahead. I see. I, the problem with that is, I see the guys hook the fish with the spinners and stuff, and, and, and the new ones are absolutely phenomenal. I, I got to admit, and I do not like spinning reels. I've never used one. I wasn't raised with them. We, you know, you fish tuna fish. You don't use. You use conventional gear. You do not use spinning reels. These new spinning reels will hold up. The problem is, the average guy cannot pull hard enough on one. Yeah. Right. You can't use the rail. Right. Exactly. Yeah, rails out. You can't use rail. You can't put your leg over the rail and set it on your leg, and you know, and let the boat do the work for you or whatever. You cannot do that on a spinning reel, and the average guy is not going to be able to pull uh, on that fish the way it needs to be pulled. I mean, everybody can catch them or hook them, but once you get them up to color, what are you going to do with them? And right. that's the problem. Well, Bobby, it seemed like for the fleet that the uh, bluefin uh, went down uh, uh, this uh, past few days, but you got into the yellowtail big time. I guess, tell me, if a person's going to go out on anywhere from a day and a half to a two and a half day trip like you're offering, what is the selection of gear they should bring? Just, you know, just because uh, you're out there for two and a half days doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get into these fish. Right, right. Well, it depends on where we go. You know, like this trip here, we opted to go down the colonnet and fish the yellowtail to begin with. And that was all fly line fish on mackerel and then uh, yo-yo fish, obviously. And not too much on the surface iron this trip. A lot of red crabs, and for some reason they did not want to bite the, the surface iron as well. But uh, yo-yo fishing and, and uh, just fly line uh, mackerel, that's all we had for me was mackerel and anchovies. There were no uh, sardines available. and uh, But it was very good yellowtail fishing down the colonnade. That fish has been there now for, ooh, I'm thinking almost three months. Wow. Is that stuff uh, eating at 40 or 50? What's it eating, Bobby, line-wise? Uh, I, you know, for the yellowtail fishing, I'd use 30- and 40-pound tests. And we were using 5-0 hooks on the on the mackerel, you know, because they're yep. a big green mackerel, and uh, 5-0 hooks and fly line and baits. And then the yo-yo, I, use, I usually use 40 and 50 pound on the yo-yo jigs. And, 50. Uh, 
Yeah, 40 and 50 pound. I wouldn't recommend on a yo-yo jig you use less than 40 pound. No. We did see some been down there on the ridge. Uh, uh, yesterday we did not hook any. The trip before we had two weeks ago before. Yeah, I think it was two weeks. We had uh, five tuna and, uh, they were anywhere from 50 to 60 pound fish on the, on the ridge down there. Right wow. On the, right for the yellowtail. Right. So the bluefin from Collinet to the 43 right now. Holy Christopher. That's, that's a lot of, that's, that's a lot of miles of bluefin. Right. Yeah. But everything's the same. You see them jump around, boil around, you know, but they just do mm. not want what you have on the hook. They're they're in the small bait syndrome right now. It's like uh, early spring when they're, uh, someone brings a tank of squid down to the Coronados. There's yellowtail everywhere, and it takes them a week or two to get used to biting what you guys have. You know, it, it, you got to train, uh, actually train the fish. Yeah. And I think, I think that's basically what's going to happen is they're going to wind up seeing that, you know, what we want is what they want. But, uh, right. Well, Captain Bobby Taft from the Top Gun 80, I know you're getting ready to go out tonight, and we've made the segment just a little bit longer so that we could get the word out on what's happening. If if people want to contact you or find out more on how they can get aboard the Top Gun 80 out of H&M Landing, how's the best way to do it? The best way to do it is go on the website and see our schedule there. Uh, we do have some openings in July there. Uh, John, and, uh, August is sold out. September is sold out. Uh, uh, July, August, well, let me see. Yeah, mid-July, August, September is sold out already. But uh, nice. we do have October, uh, some three-and-a-half and, and five-day trips. It should be absolutely phenomenal fishing this year. From what we can see right now, there's warm as the water is. And just go on the website at H&M Landing or, or call the landing and uh, tell them what kind of trip you want. And we got two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half, and five-and-a-half-day trips scheduled all year. Hey, you know, Bobby. is there any, i got to ask, Bobby, is there any hope for Guadalupe still? Yeah, there is. I'm not sure if we're going to get it or not yet. Uh, we put in for the permit, and we're trying to get it done right now. Attaboy. Talk all right, Bobby. To me. Just, you know, you've got the uh, Big Fish Tournament happening at H&M Landing uh, at the uh, end of this uh, month. It seems like all the boats are sold out. You and Chuck are going to be in this. Have you put down any type of a personal wager on who's going to do what? No, I'm actually I'm not in this one. Uh, <laughs> I'm on the middle of a three-and-a-half-day trip on it, so uh, I'm not in on uh, on the tournament. <laughs> but, uh if if I was, I, I guarantee you there would be. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, if, there, if they were betting, I would be riding with Bobby here. I'm going to yeah, go. Well, I don't know. We, uh, uh, we'd we have to talk to Chuck about that because I'm sure he'd think differently. But <laughs> Captain, you're going to tell me he's on the radio too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Captain uh, Bobby Taft, uh, Top Gun 80 out of h Mining. thanks a lot for being with us. Uh, good luck this season. Uh you know, please let us check in with you from time to time to see how you're doing because, man, you are always on fishing. You give us some of the best reports we get anytime on the radio. We appreciate you taking uh, some of the time out in between trips to talk with us. No, no problem, John. Thanks for having me. 
All right. Jake, give me a call when that big stuff starts to chew, Bobby. Yeah, I, I might just do that. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hey, guys, we've won uh, way over time on the segment. Jorge, it's time for a commercial break. You're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. Stay tuned. Schedule next John Campbell with a little teaser on what's happening with the Yellowtail Derby. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has a new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, 
balloon fisher king. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio. I, <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfill my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. In Southern California, we want to welcome you back to Raw and Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshihara. And now it's time to get an update on what's happening on the 2016 Yellowtail Derby. We're in the final hour of the Derby. And who better to come on to tell us what's happening is the director of the Derby, John Campbell. John, welcome to the show, sir. Well, am I on? You are on. Okay, I wasn't sure. (laughs) <laughs> Very good. Uh, yes. Uh, hi, Stan and Wendy. Hey, Wish you guys could have made it down hey, for some exciting fishing down here. We've got uh, right right in the beginning, right before the the whole deal started. Rob Butler, our our uh, uh, title sponsor with Togo US, uh, brought up the the deal that he he would pay uh, for the first prize for a tuna, and it, the, every, the whole crowd went crazy. So uh, we've, got, we've got two 200-pound tunas and three 100-pound tunas been caught in, the, in that section, which is uh, pretty remarkable. But I want to tell you something, John, Stan, and Wendy. I think, um, I think we're finally, we finally made it back to being something that, that people really like here because someone stole my banner today at the ramp at the <laughs> <laughs> <Trail No. Gideon. laughs> Well, thank God they did it on June 5th and not on, uh, you know, May 5th. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, now, John, you were telling me that, you know, the success of the uh, – tournament has been seen in both ways not only the participation but you believe that there might be a couple of igfa recognized records that uh, were established during this event it's, it's all possible that they, they, they first have to submit and i think i said uh told both of them since i'm an igfa rep i said i'll help you uh put it in but um for bluefin tuna, there's a bunch of vacant uh, world record spots because they separated two years ago the Atlantic and Pacific bluefin. Oh, really? So 30-pound and 50-pound men's is wide open. Wow. Okay. I mean, vacant, just not only wide open, but a vacant. And, uh, and Stan, if you want to you know, get your uh, six-pound test line out, uh, there's the six pound test is open too. I, for, I'm on it for bluefin tuna. <laughs> I'm on there it. you go. There you go with that popper stand. <laughs> I'm yeah. on it. I'm telling you, get a rico one, out there. One gal, <laughs> one gal, one gal in San Diego got figured this all out two years ago. Her name's Lisa Griffith, and she's an IGFA member, and uh, she's got four world records uh, in the women's section. 
So, and they're all kind of lower. There's nothing over, you know, like 50 pounds. Wow. 36, 29, 17, 41. And there's no fish out there under 50 pounds. <laughs> okay, I'm on it. I just got to get out there now. Get the get about 5,000 yards of six. Wendy, get out yeah. there and fish for a bluefin tuna. You get a world record. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to try. <laughs> you know, uh, John, I know that uh, you're in the final hour of the uh, uh, Yelltail Derby, so the, the results are not going to be finalized and, and announced until the uh, – the grand award ceremony tomorrow night at the uh, Bally High restaurant. It's going to be a, a grand affair. And just quickly, uh, the people that have sponsored this event that made it possible for you. Yes. Well, you wouldn't have to ask, ask me that when I'm not. But uh, it's a uh, uh, U.S. of course, the Bally High and, uh, Oh, my God. Uh, you can probably read them off faster than I can. I know, I know you You have had great reception, not only from the participants, but also the sponsors around town for this event. And it's going to be shown because yeah. I think you were telling me that that you and a, a group of your helpers uh, a few nights ago were putting together gift packets to be awarded at the uh, the ceremony. And how many gift packets did you put together? A dozen. Wow! Uh, wow! And that's not including that's not including bluefin. Wow! So, but uh, here's here's some of the, the, the sponsors. The Togo U.S. the title sponsor. Really love it, um, and. Uh, uh, and there, and of course, they did the, the, the shirts as well. So we've got these dynamic red shirts, which really go along with Togo US. Um, uh, the Ballot High, of course, has been our sponsor from day one, and this is the eighth year. Ballast Point, unbelievable sponsor. Never questioned me on the second year when I approached them and said, can I weigh in the winning guy and give him his weight and beer? The guy, you know, hesitated for about 15 seconds and said, okay. <laughs> peasants, peasants Rod, every Ham Brothers been in with us every every moment from the day one. They're great. Uh, Bill Boyce um, always always helps us out. Holbins is fairly new. Uh, he started last year. Uh, uh, West Marine has been very good. Uh, Terrafin, uh, 976 Bite, uh, Maritime Institute. Uh, they, they were our major sponsor for the first two years to really get us going and continue. In fact, the, one of their, one of my, my cousins who started uh, with the captain's licensing there now is the port captain of San Diego. Wow. Um, H&M Landing, Point Loma Sport Fishing, Fisherman's Landing, Fisherman's Landing Tackle. Angler's Arsenal, and without John Cassidy, I'd still be bumbling around with the first or second uh, <laughs> awards. Uh, John is so fantastic. Thank you so much. I, I, I really admire you and your ability to really carry a, a, a group meeting off like that. It's great. Well, John, uh, we're, lo we're looking forward to having a whole lot of fun. Uh, starting at 6 o'clock at the Bally High for the award ceremony. Now, 
This is the International Yellowtail Derby, and we know that there are prizes in all the other categories for the halibut and the white sea bass and the tunit. But for the Yellowtail Derby, you've got cash, you've got all kinds of prizes, but the big prize that people fight for every year in the Yellowtail Derby with the largest yellowtail is what? Is we weigh in the winning angler. We put him on a fulcrum, and he he is on one side, and we put cases of Ballast Point Pale Ale on the other side until it evens out. <laughs> and last year, Rick Maxwell with his 45-pound yellowtail, he maxed out. We didn't have enough beer for him. I had to, had to bring another case for him this year. <laughs> but he's lost, lost 50 pounds. He looks like a little kid again. Oh, yeah, I know. He's lost a lot of weight, and he's looking good. Well, he's out there fishing all the time, and he's also got a new girlfriend. There's got to be something about that, too. <laughs> something, something's keeping him active. And... All right. Dad, well, he, got a, he got one of those big tuna. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Two years has, ago, he's been in the he's hunt in here. That's place. Really good. Rick Max is in second place with a 205-pound bluefin tuna, and Neil Barber's got a 225. And just great stories about these people and the battles. Rick showed me his hands after battling this this tuna, this two, uh, 205. He had blisters, I mean, open blisters in his hands from the battle for an hour and a half. Right. Was, uh, if, he got the, if it only took an hour and a half for a 215 on, I know he was throwing uh, a long rod on that thing. 50-pound uh, test. 50-pound string. I mean... If it no, only took an hour and a half, he did great. 50-pound monofilament. Even wow. better. On an on eight- or nine-foot rod. I mean, he, showed me, he handed me the rod and the reel, a small reel. I couldn't believe it. Right. And, and he, was, he was hooked up, and his, his partner, Neil, was hooked up. He had, had two, two hookups, one on one, one end of the boat, one on the other, no, the bow and the stern. And, and uh, Neil would run out of... Line and so uh, Rick would drive the boat a little for, forward, then Rick would start running out of line. They back it up a little bit. <laughs> all right, hey, well, John, it all comes to a head tomorrow night at Bally High at six p.m. If people want to find out more information about the Derby and and view who the winners and the the people that placed in each uh, category were, should they go? They should go to the Yelltail Derby dot com. Online, and all of, all of the uh, entrants uh, and their their girlfriends and stuff are all invited to the Valley High tomorrow night. We'll have a great time there. It'll be a lot of fun. So, John, we'll see you uh, at the Valley High. It'll be uh, it'll be a great time. All right. Thank you very much, John Campbell, director of the 2016 International Yellowtail Derby. And I want to thank you very much for the shortest five minute. Report in radio. We appreciate that, John. <laughs> hey, we got to take a break. We got to take a break right now. Coming up next is a fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson, with the Inshore Report. Stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and John will be back after these messages.
Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy Line, Spro Products, Gamakatsu Hooks, G. Loomis Fishing Rods, Shimano Products, Ovid Reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Southern California. Welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Now it's time for the Southern California Inshore Report with a fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, good evening to you, sir. Good evening to you, John. And it sounds <laughs> good like evening you're, to you, John. You're as, fun, you're as fit as a fiddle. Well, you know, everyone's going crazy about, hey, let's go out and get some bluefin tuna and things like that, but... Man, you are still going out and pounding our local inshore waters, and it looks like the bite is great. Oh, yeah, absolutely, John. Well, you know, from my understanding, these guys are getting those bluefin tuna in Mexico, and I got customers, they don't come here with their passports handy. So, Bummer. you know, our, they're not prepared to go out in the ocean, so we, we go catch fish that are biting. And what what fish are there right now that you're finding that are that are doing pretty well, Jim? Well, we got bay bass, we got sharks, we got leopards, we got rays, we got guitarfish. Oh my! You know, there's just about everything right now in the bay is biting. No kidding. Now, uh, are are you having to do certain parts of the bay? Is the South Bay working better than, let's say, the entrance to the bay? Or right now, is there a pretty good bite all over? No, we're all we're all over. It just depends on who we're going out with, and you know what part of the bay that I'm picking them up on, but. Right now, it's pretty much all over. And um, tomorrow, I think we're heading to the kelp bed, so we'll see what that looks like. But, you know, it's it's just a good time to be out fishing. What can you say? Well, you know, uh, I want to thank you because I had the opportunity to go out with you on Thursday. And, 
And, you know, I know you were a little bit out of your comfort zone, but uh, we went out to La Jolla and then went out to the 81 and went up and down the, the, the Nine Mile Bank for a little while and came back in. To, didn't see any of the bluefin tuna that we wanted to see, but, man, I was impressed by the amount of life out there. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, I was impressed by the whales. I don't think I've ever seen that many whales and that many flukes. Usually you see a little spout or maybe, you know, humping up, but that was, there were a lot of fluke tails that we actually saw out there. That was beautiful. Now, I'm, I'm not up on my whales, Jim, but uh, oh. were those all gray whales or were there a mixture of whales in that uh, in that mix? I, you know, I think, John, I, I'm with you on the on the whale identification module but i'm pretty sure they're they're all gray whales boy and you know uh when we had uh, uh captain bobby taft from the top gun 80 on at the beginning of the show i i i just can't impress upon people because they just don't understand the biomass of red crab that there is in the ocean right now especially that part of the ocean that uh, we were in yeah, absolutely. Cause, I mean, it, it's amazing what's out there, and, and it's a wonder anybody could catch any fish at all. I mean, you you think, well, if you fish where the bait are, you know, you're going to catch the fish because that's what they're eating. But at the same time, you're competing against all that bait. And you know, <laughs> you know, Stan and Woody, what was even incredible uh, when we we launched out of Dana Landing and we scooped up some red crab because they were all over the basin there at Dana Landing, and Jim put them in the um, uh, uh, the live well for us, and we went out to La Jolla, and you have this, as we say, these just blooms of red crab all over the place. You couldn't see them right at the surface, but you could see them just below the surface. Birds are going all over the place, trying to pick them up where we can. And then, what's amazing, you pick up a red crab, you put it on a hook, you send it down to the bottom, and bang, you get hit. I, I don't understand how that works. Yeah. Well, it it works, and we didn't ask questions. I would I would bet. <laughs> it is. Well, well, Jim, I know right now you're getting a, a you know a lot of families that are going out. A lot of a lot of uh, uh, the kids are getting out of school, and it seems like the thing to do is, you know, mom and dad or grandma and granddad they want to take the younger fishermen out and they want them to tug on something and tug on a lot of stuff and it seems like the bay is the place to go right now yeah absolutely i mean if if you don't want to do the ocean thing you know maybe the ocean's not for you or uh then that's fine (laughs) there's still plenty of fish to to be had it's there's no excuse to stay home or at the hotel get out there anyway there's plenty of, of fish to be caught in the bay and it's just I mean, we're averaging, John, anywhere from 8 to 12 different species, you know, and if you're coming from someplace, you know, Arizona on east, you're catching fish you'll never see before. Yeah. You know, so it's really fun. And, Jim, that's normally just on a half-day trip, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly, John. So great great diversity of fish over there. Jim, if people want to uh, find out uh, what your schedule is, book a trip with you, talk to you about the possibilities of what to do to going out in the kelp or going off of Imperial Beach or staying in the bay. How's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, they could always reach me online at the website. It's thefishicon.com. Um, or as, as we know, John, they can contact you, and I'll get their number. I took took a guy out today who did just that. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, you could check out rodandreelradio.com. Or I like just call me direct, 651-289-9000. 
619-395-0799. You know, Jim, if you heard him talking just before, uh, when John was talking about the, there's some IGFA records for, for up for grabs there, I think you need to fill one of those spools up with six pounds and go stick one of those 50 pounders out there. <laughs> Stan, you know, it just happens that, you know, from what we found on Thursday, uh, finding them is the thing to do before you can start catching them. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, the guys that are going out there and getting on them are are getting pretty lucky to get them. Uh, They were down this week. But you know what? As you said, Stan, it's early. You know, yeah. I mean, they're going to be around here, gang. Just get ready. You know, start dialing for dollars now. You're going to have to find a spot. Pick a date and get on a boat and go because if you wait, <laughs> it isn't going to happen. There's not going to be space. All when it right. starts going, it's well, going to get, it's going to be stupid fun. That's oh. it. And, you know, and the reality of it is, I mean, it, it is nice to see these guys who are having success, but, you know, you're not going to see pictures from the guys who don't. <laughs> so there's about, there's about one oh, in 50 come on. that are actually posting. <laughs> All right. Hey, Captain James Nelson, thanks a lot for being with us. We look forward to talking not only during this week, but also next week. And, and thanks a lot for uh, taking me out uh, over this past week. I had a great time. My pleasure, John. And, you know, seeing some of the fish that we caught that weren't yellowtail, it was still, you know, a lot of fun out there. It was a great time, Jim. Thank you very much. Captain James Nelson, the fish icon. Hey, you know, a little earlier we were talking about uh, some of the lines to use on out there, and who better to talk to about letting us know what line to use and what application is that sales manager for Iserline herself, Wendy Toshihara. And, Wendy, I know Iserline has a number of different uh, uh, brands of line that they sell. Can can you give us a little rundown on, on what you're hearing that, what line, what people are using, in what applications? Okay, well, if you want to go out there and go get those big bluefin, I would, I would start out with the heaviest line possible. If they're going to bite, you want to get bit on heavy line. What they're using right now is 80-pound to 135-pound spectra, and they're using a top shot of 50 uh, and 60-pound line. The guys that are fishing yo-yos or, or uh, topwater baits and iron and stuff, if they can cast with the 50-pound, they're doing it with the 50, but most of them are using 40. But I am selling a lot of 60-pound tests. Some of the guys, what they're doing is they're, they would have their spectra tied on to their top shot and then do a big heavy leader of 100-pound, 135-pound, fluorocarbon to get those big bluefin. Wow. Wendy, tell us a little bit about the connections on on something like that. With the, the spectra, first of all, uh, if you're using 60-pound, uh, 80-pound mono, uh, what type of connection are they using to that spectra? Uh, well, the days of using a bimini twist are over. Um, there are a lot uh, simpler knots that you can tie like the Tony Pena, the Slim Beauty, uh, the uh, John Collins knot or the RP knot. Um, all those knots are really good. And even still, the Albright is a great knot. Um, that's a great knot for your connection from your, uh, your spectra to your top shot. Now, if you want to connect your top shot to a full carbon leader, 
Um, that's a, that's only going to be a short top shot. You can use a surgeon's surgeon's knot. You can use um, a figure eight knot if you want, which is basically a three turn surgeon's. Um, you can you can use um, the uni knot if you want, but I think the surgeon's knot is it, it holds well on the line testing machine. So you can you can use any of those, and it's the quickest too. Now, you know, we're talking about this phenomenon and using poppers. A lot of the fishermen are, are actually going out there, and I'm seeing a, a lot more spinning gear being used. And, you know, I thought we got away from that a little bit. And, Stan, you, you know that the uh, year you took Roland Martin out to Guadalupe, and he thought he was going to uh, conquer the world with a, a spinning reel, and he soon found out what an avid reel was all about. And the <laughs> next thing you know, he's jumping on that. But... If guys are using spinning gear, what Isoline product do you recommend that they use on the spinning uh, rod, uh, Wendy? Well, it depends on how big of a spinning reel they have. depends on what size spectra you're going to use. And as far as um, the monofilament pop shot, the triple X, Isoline triple X is a limp line, and it was made for spinning reels. So you don't get that memory coil. So I would use the um, Iserline Triple X uh, most definitely on a spinning reel. You know, the other part of that equation is most spinning reels do not have line capacity like bait casters. So even if you've got a really big one, you're going to have to fill it with, let's say, 50-pound spectra. And then you've got to find a rod that will match up to, to the uh, drag pressure that some of these reels like the, you know, they can put 40 pounds of drag pressure on them, but you, you've got to find a, a spinning rod that's made that you can utilize for that and still have recoil and pull back. And it's going to be all about you because, like Wendy was saying before, you can't put it on the rail. You're going to have to be pulling on that dog the whole time. So, and another thing, too, because I bought a spinning reel, um, spinning rod and reel outfit, and I bought one that was not a custom rod built for me. And when I took it out there, I just bought it and picked it up and took it. Um, I got a Daiwa, uh, and uh, the butt is way too long for me. Yeah. So I'm holding it way out there. So I took it over to Taka's Tackle, and Taka cut the butt for me so it fits me. So now it's going to be easier for me because I'm not going to be able to use a rail, but I am going to be able to get the distance on that, on that spinning rail with my popper. That's you know, a good point right there because the stuff that's out there, it's got to be kind of matched up for you personally. Otherwise, you're fighting the rod and the reel and the fish, and it becomes quite the cluster out there. You're going to get whipped, and the fish is always going to I won't have win. the leverage. Yeah, that's what I mean. You're going you're gonna to fight the rod and the reel and the fish without that leverage. If you shorten it up to bring it into your hand where the rod stops and actually you need some recoil in the rods that you're using, so you're going to have to do some looking, gang. You know, and, Wendy, if, if you are using that 100-pound, that 130-pound uh, uh, mono or fluorocarbon and you're making the connection onto your hook, is there a preferable hook knot that you like? A three-turn. If, if it's 60-pound, I do a three-turn uni um, on up, 60-pound on up. You can use a, a three-turn uni. And it's a small knot, it's easy to tie. And and how long of a tag do you leave on that thing? I mean, how do you pull on that that thing to make sure it's tight and it doesn't slip? Do your best. 
<laughs> Good answer. Cut the deck can do it for you. <laughs> well, Wendy, thanks a lot for uh, that rundown on some of the lines to use and the connections and everything else like that. Uh, really helpful because uh, a lot of people are uh, going out on these trips and they don't realize the way these fish pull, especially when you get up, you know, above 50 pounds, and then you start getting into triple-digit fish, it's a whole new ball game. And Stan, you, you probably know, know tell- that better than anybody. Yes, Wendy. I tell people, you know, when you go on one of these trips, expect to run into big bluefin tuna. So be prepared. At least bring something with 50 or 60 pound if you can. And if you can, if they're biting wide open, pull out your trolling gear. Right. Good idea. I mean, that's, if you've got it and and it's available, and they're not eating the, the troll baits right now anyhow that much, so prepare your, your troll rig for heavier line and and a, a bigger hook. And if they come, if you can get a bait out, uh, more power to you. You got Take your best shot at landing them. You only get one. Right. And, and use the right gear. And if you get bit, turn the handle and pull. Don't sit there and feel like I got to feel this fish, man. You you need to go to battle and get that thing on the boat. You know, and now now is not a tight uh, a time to get cheap on your hooks either, because you know if you've got anchovies that you're you're fishing and you want to keep them alive, you may only be fishing with a number. Uh, two or a number one hook, as opposed to Bobby was saying, yeah, we were able to get some, uh, you know, big mackerel, and we, you know, we could fish with five odd hooks. But a lot of times, you're not doing that. And in the mix, if they're getting at the bait bars right now, they are getting some smaller sardines, but a lot of it is mackerel. Hopefully, that that bait's going to be getting larger, but it's not that large right now. So make sure you take a variety of hooks to meet the particular situation that you're fishing in. All right, guys. Hey, let's take a break right now. Coming up at the 6 o'clock hour, we're going to change gears. We're going to go freshwater fishing with FLW champion and Southern California resident from San Clemente, Mr. Todd Klein. So stay tuned. There's a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come. And after Todd, we're going to go over back to Stan Vandenberg, and we're going to make sure that we are up to date on some of the things we're going to need when it comes to insuring our boat. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come. You're listening to us on AM540 or at rodandreelradio.com. We'll be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. 
If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quano Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. In Southern California, Stan, Wendy, and I, we welcome you to the second hour of Raw and Real Radio. Hey, it's really a pleasure to introduce... Our next guest to you, he is a two-time uh, co-angler champion with the uh, FLW. He is also the co-angler champion for the FLW Rayovac National Championships that uh, was held last year on the Ohio River. He's a local fisherman, and it's always great to hear when a, one of our local fishermen, and we got a lot of great local fishermen here in Southern California, but when they break through on the national scene, Hey, let's introduce him to our listening audience, Mr. Todd Klein. Todd, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. Yeah, thank you very much, John. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is great having you. And I know we we uh, you know, asked you to come aboard to talk about uh, freshwater fishing, but just briefly, you have a whole nother life that you live, but it still <laughs> surrounds the the water. Just tell us a little bit about that briefly, will you? Uh, I'll give you some definition. Uh, I kind of tagged myself after my friends have called me the, the redneck surfer. Um, I grew up in Florida, and I've been a fisherman since I was a kid, you know, because water is so prevalent over there. No matter which direction you go, you're going to find something to fish. And um, so I started fishing at a young age, but about 14 I started getting into surfing, and I actually moved to Southern California to pursue surfing um, and made a career out of that for uh, about seven years and then went in-house with with Quicksilver and worked my way up to a marketing director, our, our marketing position there. And then over the last uh, two years, um, with surfing still being a, a passion for me, um, I've been working with the World Surf League, traveling the uh, championship tour events as well as the qualifying series, and uh, fortunate enough to be one of their announcers for the broadcast. Wow. You know, we, 
you know, Todd, I, I've been uh, following you uh, on Facebook and see all the great places in the world that the World uh, uh, Surf Fishing League takes you. And like bass fishing, you, not only do you get a chance to go to a lot of places that you wouldn't normally go to, but you get a chance to meet a lot of outstanding people. And I know, and I'm not going to, you know, get into this real heavily, but... Boy, a person that I admire for her uh, fortitude and her strength and coming on back from what could have been just, uh, you know, a life-changing uh, uh, situation is Bethany, Bethany, uh, me, Bethany Hamilton. And tell us a little bit about Beth's story. Uh, yes, I mean, you know, it's funny. Uh, I shouldn't say funny. It's, it's very intriguing how famous she has become to a, you know due in fact to an unfortunate circumstance she's she's a uh, a young surfer now i think um you know in her mid-20s she's actually married and has a child but was attacked uh surfing her home break in the islands of hawaii by a tiger shark and lost her arm and at the time she was an aspiring professional surfer uh, uh she finished very highly in the amateur ranks and it, it kind of took place just prior to you know her, her professional career launching well this year, the World Surf League actually gave her a wild card, which is basically a slot into the championship tour event in Fiji, which just wrapped up last week. And she made it all the way to the semifinals uh, with one arm. And, I mean, I literally I'm getting goosebumps talking about it because, uh, you know, it's just it's such a, uh, an inspirational story. I mean, we all, you know, we find ourselves complaining, oh, I've got a headache or I can't go do this because my ankle hurts. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, just look at someone like that, and you better humble yourself up real quick and and, and uh, not take things for granted because uh, such an inspiration what she's done and how she carries on, you know, after having such a, uh, a horrible thing take place. Wow. Hey, now let's get back to your story, too. Fishing the FLW, you're fishing as a co-angler. I think the last time that you had we had you on, you had just taken the, the championship for the uh, FLW Rayovac out here in the West, and... Then you decide to start going back east. Tell, fill us in uh, a little bit about what you've been doing since uh, uh, fishing here on the West Coast. Uh, you know, um, John, I got, I got into, uh, you know, for about 10 years after I moved out here from Florida to pursue surfing, I didn't even know you could bass fish in California. And I think, you know, if, if nothing else, I know a lot of your listeners are, are more saltwater-based, but I want everybody to realize there is such an amazing amount of, reservoirs out here, a world-class bass fishing that when I first moved out here was not aware of. And after about 10 years, I did a little research. I dove in headfirst, bought a boat, started doing local team tournaments. And after about 10 years, I uh, decided I wanted to kind of cut my teeth on that next level and started doing the FLW as a uh, co-angler. And I've learned just so much. Um, you touched on it a few moments ago in, in, our, in our opening here. You know, with surfing and with fishing, I meet so many great people and, uh, you know, I'm able to learn a lot. And for me, I've been very blessed to have the success that I've had. But, it's, you know, like you said, it's taken me to places that uh, I would normally not go. You know, I don't know what would get me out to Kentucky. But I tell you what, it was awesome to be out there and check it out and meet those people, um, you know, going out and fishing in Carolina. And, and what brings me back there, um, John, is, is, you know, you have three events. It used to be four events out here in the West. And if you qualify, you go back to the national championship and, Generally, it's back east. This year, it'll be on Table Rock. And um, so, you know, you, you get to know a lot of the anglers out west, but then all of a sudden you go back there, and some of the guys maybe you read about or maybe somehow you're connected through social media. You get to meet them for the first time, and, 
you know, any of us that are, you know, involved in fishing, it's a small community as big as the, the U.S. or the world is. If you, uh, if you fish and you're in the mix, you know, everybody knows everybody in some way or another. And it's, it's just awesome to get out there and fish different waters and, and meet people. And the FLW has, uh, has given me the platform to do that. Now, you, uh, you're, you know, you fished, you know, back in Florida, then you fished out here on the West Coast. And now all of a sudden, you're fishing a bunch of different water. You're fishing as a co-angler. And I've got to tell you, co-angler is tough because of the fact that a lot of our team events out here in the West are team tournaments where there is a shared weight. But when fishing FLW, you are fishing on your own, but you're fishing in the back seat. And normally the, the, uh, uh, the pro in the front has the priority of where to go, what to do, and everything else like that. And I am, a, I am just, you know, amazed at the success that you've had as a co-angler because you have done consistently well in a venue that sometimes is stacked against you. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and thank you for that, John. I think the thing uh, for me is, is that, you know, when you're in the back of the boat, all you can do is maximize your water that you've got there. So I think it actually helps speed the process of me learning um, different techniques and just maximizing the water that you have because, as you point out, the process of making the decisions on where you're going to go, that's not in my hands. That's up to the pro. So I think it's actually given me a lot of opportunity to hone my skills back there. Um, obviously, yeah, I do take note of what the guys in front of me are doing, but generally I try not to throw the same thing because if a fish didn't bite his, I'm not going to show the fish the same bait right behind them because your odds are against you. If you think out of the box and, sure, if he's catching them on something shad-related, you probably want to throw something shad-related unless you found something better in practice, um, you know, but just have a little bit of a different twist to it so that you can maybe, you know, get those fish to bite that didn't bite his. And the other thing that's, uh, that's been great, you know, in the process of over the last three years with the FLW is, is learning from some of these guys, you know, for the rest of my life, as long as I'm living out here, I'm going to be fishing the Delta. I'm going to be fishing Havasu. I'll be fishing Clear Lakes, Shasta, Oroville, whatever it is. And, you know, in practice, you know, fishing with different friends. And then once you, the tournament's practice, if you make it day three, you've got a week now on some of the best fisheries in the U.S. And no doubt, hands down, the best ones here in California. And you've learned from some of the best out there. Well, eventually, yeah, I'm going to be in the front of that boat. and I'm going to be making those decisions. And now I've really learned that water, and having the opportunity to fish with all these different professionals is just speeding that process for me, you know? You know, I think that's the wisest thing right there with this man is saying. Uh, if you ever thought about being involved with, the, with our sport and getting involved with the, the tournament side, to go and, and run as an amateur for four or five years is no big deal. I think it's the best learning experience that you could ever get because you get to fish with the best of the best in the West, at least. And if you can get further out and you can go back to East and fish with some of the guys back there, even better because the training is steep and, and continuous for, for every tournament. You're going to learn where these guys go. Even if you don't catch the fish, that was a spot that they thought they could get them. And you learn the water, you learn what's underneath the water, you learn techniques from all these guys. And a good fisherman like Todd, Todd has got the experience and he's got that special talent that he's got knowledge of how to use every bait on the shelf that, that's in the tackle shop 
to his advantage. And not everybody gets that kind of a thing, but you get more and more experience. Somebody shows you that they have this particular bait and they tweak it this way or they do something different with it. It's tools in your box that are invaluable. When you start fishing as a pro, you've got more tools than 90% of the guys out there, and Todd's living proof of that. He's, got, he's been able to utilize the, the knowledge and the, the experiences that he's had on the water, and it really maximizes his, his fishability out there behind the guy that's fishing in the front of the boat. Right, Todd, are you still with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know that was leading to me. Sorry, John. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, what I wanted to ask you, I've had the opportunity to fish the Ohio River. Now, I fished a little further north than you were up in the the Cincinnati and going down uh, into West Virginia. The FLW Rayovac National Championships that you fished was on the Ohio River, though, and it was, but it was down further south in Kentucky. Now, when I was fishing the Ohio River, I didn't think it was anything like fishing the Delta or, you know, the uh, Colorado River, uh, you know, north of Havasu or north of Mojave. It, it was more like fishing the John Day or something of that nature up in Ohio. Did you have that same experience there? And, and how did, did you adapt to that type of fishing? You know, that was, uh, you know, obviously... You know, with me winning it, it was a trip I'll never forget. But, you know, it was an amazing uh, experience for me because, you know, we were based in Kentucky on the Ohio River, but you could lock through and you could go fish the Cumberland. You could go up the Tennessee and uh, what was the other one? Oh, the Smith. Okay, so there was three different rivers you could lock. Uh, two of them you had to lock through. No, sorry, one of them you did. It was the Smith you had to lock through. The other two you could just run to and, you know, we take for granted around here that, you know, a long run on Casitas, Castaic, Diamond Valley, whatever is, you know, a half mile, quarter mile, I don't know, like nothing, right? You get on plane and you're already there. Some of those spots back there, you're running 50, 60, 70 miles, and, uh, you know, that's that's real right there, you know. And, and um, the cool thing about that tournament was is um, there was largemouth, there was spotted bass, and there was smallmouth. And going into that, most people didn't know what it was going to take weight-wise and how much – one species would play in versus the other. And once it all shook out, you know, it was all about that smallmouth pattern. And if you found out how to get them, that's how you were going to win. And the first day I, I was out there, um, I found a pretty good shad bite in practice. I was uh, fishing with a friend of mine, Wade Curtis, who's a great angler out here, fishes FLW as well. He won last year on uh, the Delta. And uh, we were back there staying together. We were fishing, uh, you know, little little small Kytex with, uh, you know, underspins. And uh, we got a couple of real nice largemouth. He got one about five. I got one about four in practice. And as you guys know, in practice, you know, if you get a good one, you're moving, you know. So you don't get a lot of big fish uh, or a lot of numbers in practice because you want to maximize the waters there and just kind of see what's there and keep moving. And uh, so the first day I started throwing that, I only got two fish, and I was in like 46 plays. And um, you know what? I just say hey, I'm still having fun. I'm going to make the most of it. Well, day two, I get paired up with Dave Lefebvre, who's a big name in the, in the bass world. He fishes the elites as well as the FLW Tour. And uh, we went up into the Smith this time, and he was targeting um, largemouth, and he was back in a creek, and there was these stumps that you could barely make out. And uh, he was pitching a, what they call a ringworm. It you know, almost looks like a Senko, but it's got rings on it. And uh, he started picking some fish off in front of me, and I was throwing a square bill. I even tried that underspin a little bit, but it just wasn't the right area. Um, I tried, uh, you know, a jig. Finally, I said, you know what? 
I'm going to take a little West Coast uh, style that I've learned out here, and I, I took a nail-weighted worm and started pitching in behind them on a spin rod with like an eight-pound test. And, uh, you know, boom, I pick one up. And about the third one, he looks back and he goes, did you just catch one off that stump right there? And I go, yeah. He goes, I pitched at that thing three times. He goes, what are you throwing? <laughs> and uh, so I ended up getting a limit that day with him, and I was like, okay, man, I love it when a plan pays off. And then the next day, it was a hey, really special Todd, story, Todd, guys. Yeah, Todd, go let's interrupt you for a minute. Let's take a quick break, and we get back to this. Is that okay? Absolutely. All right. Hey, we're speaking with Todd Klein. Local pro anglers talking about uh, how he won the uh, FLW Rayovac National Championship on the Ohio River. And we're going to take a break right now and get back to Todd after these messages. You're listening to Rod and Reel Radio on AM540 at rodandreelradio.com. More to come. We'll be right back. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is un equaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. Welcome back, Southern California. Stan, Wendy, and I 
we are speaking with uh, Todd Klein. He is, uh, you know, basically giving us a story on how he won the FLW Rayovac National Championship on the Ohio River. And Todd, you were just before we took a break, you were just finishing up on day two. Uh, what was the result for you on day two, and and what happened going into the next day? Yeah, you know, uh, I'll just kind of summarize quickly. So I was 46 after day one, split into 10th after day two to make that top 10 cut. And I got paired up with a, uh, a longtime friend of my father, uh, back, who's from back in Florida, um, Terry, uh, Terry Fitzgerald. And, uh, sorry, Trevor Fitzgerald. And, um, he had been on a, uh, fa- fantastic smallmouth pattern. And, um, so I was excited. One, I was going to be fishing with someone I knew, uh, going to go out and have some fun. And uh, even more excited, the fact that, you know, if I got bit, it was going to be a big smallmouth. And that next day, uh, we got on the smallmouth good, and I went all the way from 10th up to, uh, to 1st and, and won it. And uh, it was just a, an awesome trip and a great experience. What kind of fish did you have? What kind of weight? Uh, I think on that last day, uh, it was all smallmouth, small and I had, uh, I think, right about 14 pounds. Wow, that's um, good. That's very good. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was, go ahead. And how'd you? T- what selection of lures did you use that were different than the, in day one and two? Well, it's kind of funny that last day because um, you know I was I was throwing a mixture of baits throughout that tournament. Again, you got to try and maximize the, the waters that you're on. And um, you know, traveling back there, I, I shipped a lot of stuff back there. You know, you always bring more of those tournaments than you ever even need. And uh, for whatever reason, when I was packing up that night before the, the next day of the tournament, I was organizing my little tackle bag and i saw some some bastard swim baits and i said you know what i haven't thrown it once but i'm gonna throw one one pack in there and i think that's like five or six swim baits and uh, i had plenty of other stuff and for whatever reason i started out because a lot of times i'll throw the kitex for uh, for those smallmouth and they eat them pretty good and they would not touch it and um so I said, what the heck, the, the, the Kitek does more of a, a wiggle and swim, and the, the Bastrix does more of a wobble and swim. So I changed up, same head, same rig, everything except for the swim bait, and immediately started getting bit. And uh, for whatever reason, I threw that one pack in there, and my fifth fish that went in the well was the final bait of that pack, and I had no more. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. T- Todd, you've, you've had great success fishing the FLW and, and other tournaments. You come back to to Southern California now, and uh, you look at you. You've got this career in the surfing business, and now you're thinking about taking on another challenge. And tell us a little bit about what's in store for you now in the future. Uh, you know, for for fishing, you know, you, you touched on my my first real passion uh, that I kind of made a, a career out of was surfing. And I was very fortunate with that. And now fishing has kind of been lending itself in that direction um, with the success I've had with the prize money and, and support from sponsors. And um, you know, taking friends fishing and stuff, a lot of things that I take for granted that I've learned, people, you know, it, it helps them become better anglers. And so I've had a few friends go, hey, why don't you start guiding? And uh, I have a few friends. Uh, you know, I, I do a lot of fishing with Art Hill, who's one of the local successful guides. Um, I've caught up with guys like Rusty Brown and, and uh, Tom Leadham and, and um, you know, quite a few guys in the area and, they, uh, and, and Tom Lowry down in San Diego. And they're all, you know, very supportive, giving me advice, et cetera. So anyway, I jumped into the game back in March and um, have had uh, some, some great opportunities to get anglers who are out here visiting from around the nation out on our local waters. 
And, um, you know, every trip has been very fun. That, you know, so far, knock on wood, everybody's caught fish. And for me, it's, it's just been really exciting, obviously, aside from, from getting a paycheck, is uh, sharing that passion, you know, and, and seeing the excitement on someone's face when they catch a fish and knowing that I was the one that was able to get them to those spots and, and the techniques that I helped share with them to catch those fish. And the cool thing is, you know, I'll even get messages once guys get home and it's one, one you know, month later or whatever, and they're like, dude, I'm still catching them on that technique he told me about on my local lake. And it's just rewarding in a lot of ways. And so uh, I'm really pushing hard with my guide service. Um, you know, and if anyone's interested, they can go to toddkleinfishing.com. And, um, you know, aside from the success I've had, I, I'm enjoying giving back. You know, you know, I'd like to encourage anyone that wants to go out and, you know, tournament angle, um, you know, aside from the local level, they can join, you know, a, um, a club. There's a lot of clubs out there. But if they want to get into the, kind of the professional ranks, you know, right here in our backyard is, is one bass, and they run the U.S. Open. And that's where I first cut my teeth. And, and that's such an amazing tournament. And um, to get out there and to learn, and, and obviously, as you touched on, John, it's a shared weight at that one, so there's not as much pressure on yourself, but it's always good when you can bring your A game and, and help contribute to, uh, to that pro's weight. So, um, you know, that's it kind of in summary is, you know, I'm, I'm getting into the guiding, and uh, I'm enjoying giving back to uh, the support that's been, been giving to me, and I'm going to continue to, uh, to grow that business. And um, quite a few other things that I'm working on, but, you know, I, I, I like to uh, kind of put it out there uh, before I talk about it because, you know, all of us can talk a lot of different things, but until you actually put it into motion, uh, it really doesn't mean anything. But, um, yeah, I'm going to definitely try and grow my uh, grow my guiding and, and continue to uh, grow my brand, if you will, in the sport of fishing. Good for you, Todd. Where are you, get, where are you guiding mostly? Uh, you know, for, is that Stan? Yeah. Yes, uh, Stan, for the most part, you know, I'm, I'm super excited because Diamond Valley was my home lake before, uh, you know, it was closed to public boating last year due to the water level. But um, I've been doing quite a few trips down in El Cap in San Diego, um, Otai, Hodges, uh, Lake Murray, um, Lake Paris, Skinner. So it's pretty much kind of, uh, you know, in, Inland Empire South. And then if there's a, a particular area, you know, outside of that or maybe some of the lakes that aren't listed on my website, you know, I'm open to, uh, to conversation with that client and we'll see if, uh, you know, if, if there's not something that's going on in one of those other lakes that I can interest them in, maybe we'll go to, uh, to maybe it's their, their local lake and they want to learn a little more. We can, we can talk about that. Now, Todd, does that mean that if you're guiding, you're going to start, uh, you know, laying off a little bit tournament fishermen, uh, fishing like you have? You know, I'm definitely, uh, you know, the goal is, John, is to, to go to the front. You know, I've got a, a lot of support from, from all my sponsors, but I'm very fortunate with the opportunity I have with Skeeter Boats through Last Chance Marine. Um, and, I, you know, so I, I, there's no shortage of me not having the right equipment. I've definitely got the right equipment, um, you know, and that goes not from, from just the boat, but all the way down through all my other sponsors' support. So, you know, as I, I was talking about before and kind of outlining, you know, I've seen a lot of anglers, had a little bit of success, maybe maybe tasted a win or, win or two here in the amateur ranks, but they jumped straight to the pros. And I've had conversations. You know, I've been very fortunate to talk with some of the best anglers that are out there, and they're very um, upfront with me. And they go, dude, take your time, because it took me a year or two after I jumped into the pros to really get going. What you're doing is not hurting anything. You're only gaining more and more knowledge. That's take right. Take your time until you, until you feel it's ready. And, you, you know, and, and again, you know, right now, I'll, maybe I'm, I'll use the analogy, I'm playing softball and I'm hitting some home runs, and when that ball gets a little smaller, it's going to be a little tougher to hit. But you know what? You're, you're, you're practicing that swing, and once you get that swing down, 
you're going to be able to still hit that ball, even though it gets a little smaller and a little harder, so there's no rush. Well, you know, it seems like you didn't uh, uh, lose a step at all when you were invited to uh, go out and uh, fish our uh, inshore fishery. Uh, tell us a little bit about that last experience, because you did pretty darn well there. You know, uh, again, you know, I'm just passionate about fishing. When I live in Florida, if, if it's got a tail, I'm going to try and catch it unless it's on land. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've, I've been fortunate. A friend of mine, Ty Ponder, um, has been taking me out uh, calico fishing a lot. He actually invited me to fish the TOC this year, which was based out of Catalina. We're fishing uh, some of the SCS and SWBA tournaments. And Sweet. yesterday we made a run. Sorry, go ahead. It's sweet. <laughs> You're getting yeah, Stan's yeah, yeah. approval. So, yeah, yeah, no so, kidding. Uh, Fishing with Ty would be good. Yeah, yeah. Ty's, uh, Ty's an awesome dude. Um, you know, and I'll just drop a couple other names because they've been very helpful to me. Uh, ben Seacrest and Eugene Roberts. Those guys are all, uh, you know, gurus in the sport of calico fishing, and they've been very uh, helpful in giving me um, tips and, and techniques and taking me out into their wing. But going back to yesterday, Ty Ponder uh, took me out. Um, we went down uh, off Mexican waters fishing the coast and uh, had one of those special days. You know, we, we had uh, over 50 fish, probably about 25 pounds, and um, just fun. I mean, you know, the thing, it's funny because I, I truly enjoy both fishing those calicos and the largemouth, but I tell you what, there's, there's a lot more work involved in the ocean, and that's, that's from A to Z. I don't care what it is. It, it, it's definitely a lot more work, but it is definitely rewarding. But, I, I you know, I sure look forward to those mornings where I can just back my boat in on the fresh water and sip on my coffee and not have to worry about my, my head bouncing around and standing <laughs> on the deck trying to, trying to fire up the bank when there's four-foot surf. And, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's intense out there, you know. It's not for the weary, but it is sure rewarding. Well, Todd, you know, uh, uh, we have followed your uh, career on the fishing side here for a few years now, and we revel in your success. But, you know, you can't do it without some great sponsors and and tell us a little bit about the people that have been uh, supporting you uh, to get to this point in time yeah you know i touched on a couple there and thanks for the opportunity john um you know i i you know the 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 surf world and the fishing world there's a lot of parallels and one of them is you know both of those um are very small communities and so you don't want to burn any bridges and i'm always trying to do the most that i can you know i come from that marketing background you want to make sure they get the return on investment so i enjoy working closely with my sponsors i've been with okuma now for about three uh i think this is going on our fourth year for rod reels amazing group over there great product and then as i touched on uh cedar boats and last chance marine um, those guys out there are unbelievable. They're right there in Diamond Valley's backyard. They've been very instrumental in a lot of what's taken place out there, you know, extending the ramp and, and, and giving us opportunity to fish that lake. So special thanks to them, Spy Optics, uh, Wahoo Fish Tacos, uh, Salty Crew, which is a San Diego-based company down there, but worldwide uh, known now and definitely an emerging brand, both surf and fishing, uh, Savage Gear, Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits, Time Lures, uh, Revenge Baits, and uh, Bass Angler Headquarters, those guys have been awesome. They built my website, which is very instrumental now, in, uh, in helping me with my guide service. And uh, you can't go anywhere without your robo-worm, right, guys? And um, the winning, winning team, they make my jerseys. Without those guys, um, you know, I would just be a uh, still a recreational guy fishing off a, a bank on a pond. I'd still be having fun, but it wouldn't be uh, nearly as exciting as it has been the last few years. And, Todd, for those people that want to book a trip with you and go out with a guy, 
that is not only a winner when it comes to competing and fishing, but as a person himself, number one guy that's a winner. How do they get a hold of you to find out about the guide service? Uh, they can contact me, John, through my website. That's uh, ToddKleinFishing.com. And, um, you know, I've actually I've written quite a few articles for Wombat and FLW. And, I've, you know, at the end of those articles, I'll tag in there. If you have any further questions, call me. Well, I'm, I'm putting that out there right now, and I literally do. I get back to everyone through email. Whatever question it may be, if I can, if I can be of assistance or try and help you, I will. And I've answered hundreds of emails through those different articles. And so if you guys, you know, whether you actually want to go on a guide trip, absolutely, please hit me up. We'll get out. We'll have a fun time on the water. Hopefully I can give you some education and tips that will make you a better angler. But if, you, uh, if it's not in the cards right now financially to go out, and, uh, and and get on a guide trip on my boat out there and have some fun, and you just got a question about a particular rig or technique or whatever it is, hit me up. I'm happy to help you guys, ToddKleinFishing.com. And congratulations on making the cover of the uh, June edition of the California Sportsman's Magazine. Not a bad deal, guy. No, pretty special, man. Again, uh, you know, I just every day, uh, I, you know, I thank the Lord for the opportunities that I have. I try to treat the people around me uh, with respect and, and uh, try and help them as much as people are helping me. And uh, if we all could do that in the fishing world, it'd be a lot better place. You know, I know a lot of, uh, you know, people can, can sometimes uh, speak or do things before they actually think about it. And uh, at the end of the day, we're all out there for one thing, and that's to have fun and to, uh, to have, uh, a, you know, share a passion. And whether it's at the ramp or wherever it is, just uh, think about the other anglers and, and have fun, you know. Amen to that, buddy. I'm going to have to hire you as my guide. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some days, Stan, I might be able to help you. I'm sure there's plenty of days you can do the same for me, brother. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> all right. Pro angler and all-around good guy and, uh, boy, one of the gurus of surfing in Southern California here, Todd Klein. Todd, thanks a lot for being with us, uh, and we look forward on checking in with you from time to time to see how you're doing. Hey, thanks so much, John. And, yeah, I'm out on the waters quite a bit here locally, and anytime you guys need a report from uh, Diamond Valley or El Cap or any of those other spots, you hit me up, and I'm happy to come on the show and share everything I know. All right, Todd. Thanks a lot for being with us. Hey, guys, we've got to take a break right now, but coming up next, is your boat insurance up to date? Well, we're going to speak with our expert when it comes to boat insurance, what to look out for, what you may need to take a look at to make sure that you're covered. And are you really covered? Hey, we're going to take a break right now. This is Ron Real Radio on AM540. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile 
to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. And welcome back to our Ron Real Radio. You know, we have a wealth of information here on Ron Real Radio. Just found out in talking with Wendy, you know, you learned a lot about the fishing line that you should be using out there. And I refer to this guy as the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT. And I thought it's time every once in a while, you know, you should take a review of are you really insured correctly for everything that you want to be insured for on your boat? Uh, are there things that you're insured for that you really aren't? And who's the best guy to talk to but the guy that I refer to as the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT, that's Stan Vandenberg. And Stan, thanks a lot for doing the segment with us. Well, that's not a problem. <laughs> It, I have to do this every day. Yeah. Well, Stan, I, I guess the, the the first question is, is there, when it comes to insuring your boat, is there one item that you see that comes up time and time again that people think they're insured for and it turns out they are not? It's Most of the time it's they make the mistake on, on you know, when you have a claim, which what you think you're covered for, and what you're actually covered for two different things or what you think you can get for your claim. You know, a lot of guys want to reach for the stars and grab more money than it's worth or or maybe get paid. The object of insurance is always to replace or repair uh, your boat with like and kind. If you had a total loss, they're only going to pay you what it's worth. Uh, In today's marketplace, a lot of people like to over-insure their boat, um, thinking they're going to get more. Uh, in the event that they have a claim, but the problem is it only comes into to play if you have a total loss, and that means 
it's either stolen and never found or it burns on the trailer. Mm. Those are the two things. And there's, they, you'll see a lot of verbiage. It's pretty tricky with some of these companies. They'll say, you know, stated value, and they'll give you full replacement for a total loss. Well, that's the only way you're going to have that total loss is if your boat burns or if it's stolen and it's never found. Every other loss you have is going to be what's known as a partial loss. In other words, you hit the dock or you hit the rock. One of those two things usually is what we happen or what happens with most of our boats. So you lose a lower unit or you ding up your boat and chunk a, a chunk of fiberglass or maybe three colors of fiberglass gets taken out. Now what do you do and how much are you going to have to pay? Um, your deductibles, can be any bit, they can be 1% or, 1% or 2% of uh, the value of your boat and with most policies. Most of them start at, at uh, $500. Our particular program that we run, everything is $250 uh, for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or even your trailer. Uh, it's, it's a straight 250 and we don't take any depreciation on a, even a partial loss um, uh, until your boat's 10 years old. But most policies, if you hit something and it's not a total loss, that company will take depreciation on your claim. And that can be your lower units, what's the most popular, because it's the thing that's hanging the deepest in the water and it's going fast across the, the bottom. And if you happen to hit, especially nowadays where the lakes are, are dropping, what you went over last week, it looks fine, but you didn't know it dropped five inches and now you hit it. And it's happening a lot. So uh, the guys out there that are running on these falling lakes, and it happens again when the lakes go up, by the way, but make, look in your policy and find out what's covered. You know, what kind of depreciation is taking on. Some, t- some, uh, will, uh, some companies will pay no depreciation on your hull, but all your machinery is depreciated. That machinery could be your electronics, your trolling motor, your big motor. If you hit something and it's, uh, let's say, five years old, they can depreciate anything from 5% or 10% per year depending on the company and how they want to work that for your claim. And then you have your deductible plus depreciation, and that's what you would have to pay to fix your boat or repair your lower unit, even your fiberglass on your hull, depending on how your policy is read or written. So take your time and look at some of these things. Ask the agent, you know, am I covered for, what am I covered for? Total loss, yeah, is it only in the event that I actually have a total loss that I can get the stated value for my boat, or can I get the stated value for my boat no matter what, you know, or do I have to pay depreciation if I have a claim on my trolling motor and it's only five years older, or my big motor and it's five years older? You know, you kind of need to ask the questions ahead of time. Uh, If you're a tournament fisherman, make sure that the company that you're with will let you fish tournaments for money. Uh, big problems have happened in the past several years where guys said, you know, I'm, I'm with Allstate or State Farm or whatever else, you know, the direct riders out there. And most of the people that are in the insurance business really don't write boat insurance that much, It's in addition to the homeowners and the auto and the business. But unless they know how the verbiage is put into the policy, and most policies don't cover you if you're fishing in a commercial venue or fishing for money. So you have to ask the question ahead of time, am I covered if I'm in an event and I have an accident? Is is that okay? Now, some of the companies have come up with a thing where, okay, we'll do it, but you can only fish 
and they give you a number, three tournaments, one tournament, ten tournaments, whatever. Uh, very, most of them are less than five. So ask the questions ahead of time, again, with your agent. Find out if they know anything. If not, call the office, their claims office, and get a hold of a supervisor and ask the supervisor those questions because he'll know even if the agents don't because most of them, to be honest with you, don't. Um, uh, Stan, let's do some quick uh, questions and answers. First of all, uh, let's say you are fishing tournaments and you're going to be traveling distances like Todd Klein over there going up to the Delta, going up to Lake Shasta, going over to Lake Mead, and then the possibility of going to, uh, let's say, the Ohio River. I- is it best to, I mean, do you have to tell your agent, say, hey, I'm fishing these events, and there's uh, the occasion that I might put 1,200, 1,500, 2,000 miles on just one event on my boat and trailer? Very, very good question, because there's a lot of policies that limit you to 150 miles of your home. So, you know, on our program, you can fish anywhere you want in the continental United States and even Canada if we know you're going there. Mexico, if you're going to Mexico, it's a different story. You have to have their liability no matter what. And it would behoove you to get their, your own insurance on your boat while you're there because after you leave the continental United States, you're in foreign countries, and that becomes a problem. But for the most part, you know, you need to ask that question ahead of time. Can I tow my boat anywhere in the United States or how far Am I limited in towing? Um, excellent question there. Stan, then how about, you know, you not only insure freshwater boats, you also insure saltwater boats. If I'm, uh, let's say, launching from L.A. Harbor, is there a distance that I'm covered for uh, and then after a certain boundary, let's say going out to San Clemente or something, at 65 miles, 70 miles, am I covered? And, again, do I have to let my agent know that I'm going to be doing this? Well, again, I would ask your agent that you're insured with and check with the claims head of the claims office if he doesn't know for sure how many miles offshore can I go with my boat because some of them are limited to – 20 miles, wouldn't get you Catalina. Uh, others have limitations of, you know, no miles offshore. coast. And then, our, for instance, our program, it says coastwise California. In other words, if you launch your boat on a given day uh, from the San Diego and you go out at whatever your miles are out and come back, you're covered. It doesn't have a specific uh, amount of miles. Uh, I think uh, most of the companies will will put a uh, a limit of like 60 miles. For depends on the length and the and how big a boat you have for if it's a trailerable boat. If it's a a yacht, whole different story. You'd have pretty much unlimited territory uh, within the continental United States and the, and our waters. As soon as you cross into Mexican waters, you have to make sure that you're okay. Depending on who you're insured with that you can actually do that. Um, a lot of the standard programs for yachting take you down to Rio Santo Tomas, which is standard navigations from like Point Doom to Rio Santo Tomas, which is 10 miles below Ensenada. Um, and then they'll give you uh, a reasonable amount of offshore, how many miles offshore. And, and with yachts, it doesn't make much difference that you can, you can travel, but check with your agent again to see what the limitations are on how far you can go and how far out you can go that you are actually covered. 
Well, Stan, how about the, like my 22-foot Triton Arranger that I launched out of San Diego? I'm only 12 miles from the Mexican border, and right now I think I can get out there and I can get those bluefin. And, and as you know, Bobby was telling us, those fish can be as far down as Colinette, but they're as far out as 60. I might have to go into Mexican waters. How am I, uh, am I covered in Mexican waters, or again, do I have to let my insurance company know that I might be down there fishing? Well, first off, if you're if you're crossing that that unknown line that's out there, because like you said, it's just 12 miles out. And if you're people don't realize, you know, you think you go straight out of out of the harbor at San Diego, you're going west. Well, you're not. You're going straight south. Yeah. And and you're going to be in in you're outside the territorial United States water at that point in time. And your insurance, a lot of them, especially for trailable boats, stops right there. You do not have coverage. Vessel assist is a mandatory requirement, by the way, if you've got a towable boat and you're putting it on the ocean or even in intercoastal waterways like the Delta. Uh, vessel assist, if you have a problem, will come and get you and, and take care of you. <laughs> or if you've got a trailer boat, uh, you're in a bad situation and you have to be rescued. They can. There are some pretty disreputable people out there that will come and take your boat in and tow you in and and they'll charge you a lot of money and call it salvage and that means that they had to rescue the boat because it's an imminent danger or it was high and dry or whatever they want to call it at that point in time they can charge you any amount of money that they want and you have to pay it make sure your your insurance actually will pay for salvage and some of these things but make sure you've got coverages for where you're going if you know you're going into mexico's water one you have to have the mexican liability um, that's their rules, not our rules. Uh, I would suggest covering your boat and making sure you've got a vessel assist because they're a boat U.S. now. Because they, uh, is, I don't know which one it is that they've got um, the coverage that will come over from Ensenada to grab you and tow you over to the magic line, and then somebody from our side will tow you back in. But do your homework before you get out there because you don't want to have the situation happen where you can't get back in, and now you're gonna, it's going to charge you more than your boat's worth. Oh, Stan, I had so many other questions I wanted to ask you. Let's visit this subject again because one of the things I want to talk to you about, and we don't have time to do it right now, is the content, whether or not I should depend on my homeowner's insurance because, you know, we all have a bunch of rod and reels in our freshwater and saltwater boats, and a good combination can run anywhere from a couple of hundred dollars to many hundreds of dollars each. And if I've got you know, five, six, seven rods in there, and all of a sudden someone lifts them, I, I need to know if I'm covered or not because I may think I am, and I might be sorely mistaken. You're absolutely hey, correct. I mean, you can spend $1,000 yes, yeah, on a rod quickly. and have lots of them. So that's an um, important question. Look. Yeah, Wendy? I have, insur- I have insurance by Stan, and one year I was fishing the Tournament of Champions, and I lost my X85. I lost, I don't know, five or six rods overboard and uh, my trolling motor, and Stan did an awesome job, and I had all of them replaced. All right. Hey, guys, that's it. We've chewed up all the time for tonight. Good job, Wendy, on on telling us about Iserline. Stan, thanks a lot for uh, giving us an update that things we should look for for our insurance. So we appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's make a pact to get back here next week and talk more about fishing in our Southern California waters, okay? Done deal. All right. Thanks again, Wendy. Hey, guys, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. Jorge, we want to thank you on the AM540 studios for pushing all the buttons, connecting us 
with our guest also, Ben Harvey. Thank you very much. He's our local producer here in San Diego. But we want to thank also Big Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McCune for leaving us this legacy that is Rod and Real Radio. Our listeners, hey, we couldn't be doing this without you. Thank you very much. Make a plan to stop by again next Sunday night at 5.05 p.m. on AM 540 or Rod and Real Radio. So on behalf of Stan, Wendy, and all the gang, have a great night, everybody. Go out there and get them. As Kevin DiMineo used to say, they're getting away. We look forward to seeing you on the water. We're out for now. Good night, everybody. Man, you taught me.